This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. $30. Give me $30. Give me $30. Yo, well, listen, you got $30? Yeah, thirty thirty. You got $30, <laughs> Zaddy? No. <laughs> Damn, Zaddy. All right, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs, Jackie Cohen, and Selena Hill. And give we, us $30. Yes, we just finished a conversation on Syria. Give us $30. No, but seriously, guys, the 30th birthday of WHCR is coming up this January. WHCR and the great people here have given us a platform and an opportunity to have this show that we love doing so much and talk to you guys every single day. And we are asking that you please contribute $30 in honor of our 30th birthday to help us stay alive and keep on serving you. Selena? I just realized WATR is almost as old as we are. Well, I was going to say, somebody else is going to have a 30th birthday in yeah, the winter. Yeah, Alyssa. <laughs> and uh, somebody else on the boards. Stanley. No, I am going to be turning 22. <laughs> no. So, screw you guys. It's all good. No, it's like my 18th birthday, didn't you hear? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. old and so is WATR. So guys, I'm pretty young. Just so I have there. a story. <laughs> What's the story? Oh, yeah. There was a was big election yesterday in Louisiana. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. yes, yes, And yes. the Democrat won. Now, mind you, he's like a Democrat light. You know, he's sort of a dino. Okay. Um, but it's still better than David Diapers Vitter. <laughs> and he's replacing, I mean, because of term limits. Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal. So Jindo. there's going to be a Democrat, uh, a Southern Democrat who is pretty moderate, actually slightly conservative. But Democrat, nonetheless, is going to be holding the governor's, off- governor's office. And what that means is he may, and there's a good chance he will, expand Medicaid. That's what I was going to into right. Louisiana, and more and more people will be able to get insurance under Great. the Affordable Care Act. Listen, he will. He signed a pledge for it. Well, we hope. He signed a pledge that he would do it if he was elected. He signed that before he was elected into office, so it's a good sign. In case you guys do not have any idea what we are talking about, there are still states where people have not, states where governors have not enrolled into the Medicaid option of the Affordable Care Act, which means that thousands of people in that state cannot get health insurance, places like Texas and Alabama and Mississippi and New Orleans, well, it was until they elected this Democratic governor, Louisiana, and now they may be getting that health insurance option. Selena? Yay for Louisiana. I have a story that I'm sort of conflicted on and I'm very interested to see what you guys have to say and especially you guys if you're listening, you can call us up at 212-650-69 Perfect. So um, the students and so there's been a whole student activist movement going on for the last several weeks here in the United States. And the students in uh, that are going to Princeton University, they did a 32 hour sit in at their president's office demanding a number of actions to take place to make sure that um, there's more racial sensitivity and cultural inclusivity um, and and cultural diversity programs going on at Princeton University. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that they're calling for is to remove our U.S. president, President Woodrow Wilson's Mm -hmm. name and image completely from the college. Um, And now, Woodrow Wilson, before he was elected to president of the United States, he was the president of Princeton from 1902 to 1910. But when he was the president of the United States, he did condone segregation which was a part of u.s policy right he was he was just he was a man of the times he pushed racial segregation and he also elected cabinet members um that also resegregated parts of the government and the um and his cabinet so the thing is they're like we need to get rid of it because it's you know i don't know what they were saying the arguments is affecting their learning but the thing is 
he has a very tainted legacy. My question is, what do you guys think about Princeton University renaming their buildings and renaming and taking down the, um, Woodrow's image all over the campus? I'm going to sound like a jerk, that? but just go to Howard. Stop it. <laughs> go to Howard. No, seriously. Like, no. Listen, Woodrow Wilson was not just your run-of-the-mill 1920s racist. Even then, he was the Michael Jordan of racist. He actively went and fired African-Americans who had been appointed into places in Washington because he wanted segregation. He once told W.E.B. Du Bois, hey, listen. Segregation is good for all of us. Now get out of my face, Darkie. He was like the uh, epitome of like racist. He was hard body. But at the same time, he was president of the United States. He was president of Princeton. His history goes far longer than Eric's and, and, and Samantha's history at Princeton University. And if America is not going to take him out of their history books, why would Princeton? And, and, I, and listen, I, I, I feel the pain, but it's not going to happen. Go to Howard. I, Stop asking racist institutions, or not racist institutions, but institutions that have upheld racist figures for years to all of a sudden change who they are. They obviously don't want to. I don't know. I think that it's totally acceptable for them to request that, and I, I don't like that sort of defeatist way of thinking. I mean, go to Howard if you can get into Howard because it's a phenomenal university yeah. and it's wonderful, right? But I think that to accept the status quo as, well, he was president and I was racist and, you know, so we're going to name some buildings after him. I mean, I think it's completely unacceptable. I think they should change the name. There's there's um, the sense of like clinging on to history for the sake of clinging on to it and clinging on to old ways. I mean, it's like the fact that, and I mean, granted, this is like a racial slur that their yeah. team is named after, but the Washington football team, because they won't even say their names, yeah. refuse to change their names because, oh, it's tradition and it's, you know, who we are. And that's like the most arbitrary reason to hold on to a racist um, institution. I know Alyssa's history. next. I'm sorry, Alyssa, but I just had to jump in for one second. No one forced them to go to Princeton. They chose to go right. there. I and mean, I, let me split the difference between the two of you because, you know, like Jefferson owned slaves, right? Washington yep. owned slaves. Yep. They're is a lot of different presidents that somehow either were racist or were slave owners because it was the time or whatever. And so while I don't condone, you know, having some kind of racist slogan as part of a <laughs> school, you know, uh, slogan or something like that, at the yeah. same time, it's like if you're going to get rid of, rid of Woodrow Wilson, then are you going to get rid of Jefferson? Are you yeah. going to get rid of Washington? Like, where is the line? Where does it stop? Are you yeah. going to erase all of these things out of U.S. history. I mean, listen, this is U.S. history. We don't it's not a good history, it, you know, but we can't sugarcoat it by getting rid of some of the bad elements. Now, that doesn't mean we have to always put it in everybody's face all the time. But at the same time, like we have to find a balance because, you know, we have to if we what's that line, right? If we don't talk about history, we're bound to repeat it. So we can't just, right. er, for lack of a better term, whitewash it away, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, we're not talking about learning history and, you know, taking what Wilson did, what all of our U.S. presidents have done out of history books. We're naming buildings and schools, and you know, from their legacy, right? Like, we're honoring them by doing this, and maybe we shouldn't be honoring them if they're less than honorable. Or you, you can honor mm -hmm. the people of color who lost their lives because of it, or you can have, like, an honest conversation to be very honest and, like, transparent about what they did and the negative impacts that they've had, and I think that helps a lot more than taking somebody's name off, because you know what? You sure. take that name away, the power still exists. Well, right. I think one of the most effective solutions would be to include his full legacy, even the tainted parts, in our history books and start teaching our children the truth. It should not Absolutely. take us college. It shouldn't take Americans to reach college to figure out that some of our presidents were very, very racist, had slaves. Oh. The slaves built the White House and they and they also um, perpetrated these racist policies. I mean, that would be, to me, the best way. Yeah, it made no sense that I didn't see the notes from, 
from Virginia until I was in my sophomore year of college. And I was like, oh, Thomas Jefferson thought that black right. people stunk and that we didn't need to sleep. Mm. Hmm, thank you, third president. They didn't know that, right? right? And, and then that that's the kind of the point I'm going to make. Are we going to go around to every single middle school, public school, college, high school that has Jefferson in it? I mean, you know, no, we're not. So. We have to have a nuanced conversation about right. like our leaders and about race. And right at the moment, it, it seems to be very unlikely that that will happen because people are so sensitive about it. And obviously, there's a clear reason for it, but that's the only way we can really get through these things. Like, you have to have a nuanced conversation. You have to be very open and honest about what happened. You have to be open and honest about the fact that that guy that ran through the town saying the rebels are coming, you know what? It wasn't really him that warned everybody. It was a woman. You know how I found Sybil that out? Luddington. Drunk history, Sybil which is a Luddington. shame. Yeah. She's from where I'm from. Well, the, yeah. I, can't, I can't say that word. Okay, anyways, yes. <laughs> but no, but like we had to have like an open, honest conversation about that. And for the students that went to Princeton, like I understand, I understand like your frustration. But once again, why didn't you go to Howard? Like it isn't like no one no, knows um, that these people, like it is like, I, I get very frustrated. You can't you well, can't go into someone's house who has a Confederate yeah, flag and be like, yeah, how dare you but, hang that there? But at the same I'm, time, Howard is Howard, right? There's not multiple Howard universities, right? There's mm-hmm. way fewer options. I think that there's way more institutions. Not every person of color can go to Howard University. Also yeah. because it's an extremely competitive school to get into, yeah, right? So, it's so but the so is Princeton, absolutely. But why does Howard need to be the one school out of all of these Ivy Leagues and you know competitive colleges um, for people of color, and why shouldn't more Ivy League institutions start to shift their ways? You know, it's like they should. 2015. Well, they, they should. Sorry, get over it and. They- but like getting names. rid of a bust on uh, you know some or some mantle like that's not changing the conversation. Yeah. Having the conversation is right. changing the conversation. Like getting rid of the bust right. is just getting rid of the right. bust. Yes. So and, and then also like if you like if you want to be in a place where like you're not gonna have to face like oppressive like like have to be reminded of like people who oppressed you, then your best bet. Is a historically black college well, or a college that like it's openly like, hey, we don't need to do this. I don't. I, I I agree with Jackie here, and the reason being is because I don't think that we should just tell um, people of color that they shouldn't go to the school. I think the people of color need to be in this school and they yeah. need to raise these issues. If those black students weren't there, then the conversation would have never happened, and it never would have infiltrated national news and made it to this radio program. So I think again, I, I first of all, I don't agree. I don't see how them seeing Woodrow Wilson in the cafeteria affected their learning. Okay. I don't see how anything. I don't think it was that real. Okay. I, I mean, look. I know we all want to protest and we all want to act. And we all want to um show how much of an activist we are. But like, come on. I think that the best thing to do is to just talk about the truth of the matter, and that is what's effective. I think that it's the start of a conversation. I'll leave it with this. I was reading about Colgate University. There's been a lot of issues um in the past few years about racism on campus and students of color feeling sort of isolated and alienated from their peers. Um, and there's this this app, Yik Yak, where students can post anonymously and it's on every single college campus and you can check it out and read sort of the most depraved posts you'll ever read. Um, and students were being threatened on this, on this app by anonymous white students who were saying, well, if you don't like being here, go home. Like, sorry that white people enslaved you and we're so much better than you. I mean, like the most upsetting, depraved stuff that you could read um, was being posted. Should these students go to a traditionally historically black college or university? I mean, that to, t- to say different. that because they're experiencing racism on this campus, they should go to another school is... That's- 
I don't know that it's so different. I That's think that different. ultimately we're talking we about need, sorry. No, I, I don't think that these students at Princeton are demanding a change of name and that's it, right? I think that it is the start of a conversation. And I don't think that we should advocate for traditionally white spaces to remain so, right? I think that there needs to be a change of the game on, you know, every level, right? And that all these universities, whether it's Princeton or Colgate or, you know, SUNY Albany or wherever, mm-hmm. need to start changing the way that they treat um, and look at their students of color and you know, create more safe spaces for them. No, I, I definitely agree with that, but I do also believe in, like, reasonable demands. And a demand of taking Woodrow Wilson's, like, person, the name, and likeness off of Princeton's campus, all of it, I don't think that's a reasonable demand because, I, I personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think you can force the issue to have the conversation about that. Yeah. I do think you can ask for more safe spaces. I do think you can ask to not be threatened by white students or have places like sure. NYU, who has a white student union now. Oof, like, so I think those things are fair to say. But the Woodrow Wilson one is just, like, in my opinion, like Selena said, I don't think you're unable to, like, study because Woodrow Wilson's bus is outside of the building. You're in your class act. I agree. And, you know, I just want to point out the white students using it sounds sort of like the KKK. Anyways, um, you know, oh. speaking of uh, conspiracy theories, which the KKK has been known to come up with for a long time, um, I just wanted to bring up one more story before we close out this segment, which is uh, President Obama was asked this week what his favorite conspiracy theory oh, about yeah. himself was. Yes. And he said that it was the military... Ex- uh, the, he said this, and I'll literally read his quote. He said that military exercise exercises we were doing in Texas were designed to begin martial law so that I could usurp the Constitution and stay in power longer. Anybody who thinks I could get away with telling Michelle I'm going to be president any longer than eight years does not know my wife. <laughs> excellent, excellent, yeah. Um, he's ready to go. I mean, and I don't blame him. All that scrutiny and criticism he went through for the last yeah, almost done. eight years. Oh, well. well. Well, on that note, we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about food insecurity. We're going to talk about what that means, especially for disenfranchised communities of color. Right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. Hey, this is Joseph Hayes inviting you to tune into Another Perspective every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Another Perspective is a community affairs show that brings you information, news, solutions, and entertainment, all from Another Perspective. That's Another Perspective with your host, Henry Portia, Reggie Mitchell, and yours truly, Joseph Hayes. That's every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. I found out on my way to Harlem. Think it's a game. Think it's a game. Oh. Think it's a game. Oh. Daddy. 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 Daddy.